Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 130, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, and fuck Patrick. Is that the guy's name? Goofy's nemesis? What's that dude's name? Oh, Pete? No, Pete. Oh, Pete? Pete. Yeah, I Pete. was like, uh, yeah. Fuck Pete, Mr. Me too. man. Okay. That guy's fuck a jerk. Pete. Elitist. Uh, we watched... Asshole. We watched a goofy movie for this episode. That's going to be an act two. Uh, but it is Monday, April 20th, 2024. 20, buddy! Hey. Uh, my Ooh. name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Quarantine Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Quarantine Jack. Don't you come back no more. Oh, no, sorry. It was supposed to be come out no more. Anyways, it was close enough. That was courtesy of Hannah Soltis. I think uh, somebody else said that, aka, earlier in the quar. Um, well, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Oh, it's Miles Gay. Miles Gay. <laughs> Miles Gray, hey. a.k.a. Quar Wars, a new dope, a.k.a. The Empire Strikes Whacked, a.k.a. Return of the Red Eye, a.k.a. Attack of the Bones, a.k.a. Revenge of the Spliff, a.k.a. The 420 Awakens, a.k.a. The Last Red Eye, a.k.a. Blaze of the Sky Toker. Now, thank you to Pink Butter for those <laughs> Star Wars AKs. Yes, and it is 420, as you know. I definitely know. I just want to alert Zeitgang and K1's listeners of my other show, 420 Day Fiance. I will be doing a live stream, a live sesh with my co-host, Sophia Alexandra, as we watch the new 90 Day Fiance quarantine special. I will give the details out for that at the end of the show. Yeah, and we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our quarantine co-host, Lil Zam herself. Jamie Lofton! What I need is six foot distance Cause that's the COVID bubble oh, oh. While we want to be free Now's the time for mutual assistance Cause it's our best chance for class struggle <laughs> That was, okay, I had to adjust the syllables But it works No, you got it That's from uh, at nobody with a K uh, Dude, thank you. fetch I re- the bolt cutters. Uh, fetch the bolt cutters. Uh, also, aka that quar is the greatest of distance, and if you know where you stand, then you will know what scabs and if wet or dry will matter, because you'll know that you're zeit. Wow! <laughs> wow! That's a yeah. Holy Was that shit. a idler wheel? That's an idler. <laughs> that's an idler wheel themed joke. Damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat uh, by the hilarious and talented Andrew T. What's up? Okay, okay. Let me see if I can get this. Andrew, the Goof T movie produced (laughs) by the Diz T Corporation. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Damn. It took me Very too long. Well done, too sir. long to get that right, but this is there. This is but more you or less nailed there. it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Corporation, I like that. <laughs> What's up, dogs? Huh. How are you? What's up, man? Oh, going? it's great to see you. You look Thanks, well. Yeah, you and Miles uh, both look like you're uh, like the quarantine is treating you very well. I okay. Hurtful? Yeah, I. 
<laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Thank you so much. I just meant they, they both. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just. Uh, yeah, all right. You look great, too, Yo, Jamie. Thanks. <laughs> Wild. This some this some Asian shit. This is why we spread the virus to America so that Asian people could thrive. Yeah, right, right, exactly. We're we inherit the earth. I'm just saying, you guys look like even healthier than usual in your quarantine. You're like I've, both glowing. Well, I've committed time to my health prior to quarantine. I did not exercise. Mm-hmm. I did not do anything for my health. Like literally, I mean, aside from like wa- daily walking of my dog, a bike ride here and there. But now, mm-hmm. baby fucking putting these feet to the road i don't know how i'm doing it i honestly don't know how i was uh right before like a couple months before quarantine i um realized that all i was doing at the gym was the exercise bike so i bought an exercise (laughs) bike um and so actually like yeah i've i've been i've been just like working out every day which is one of the only things. Has that... it been a journey of self-discovery like the Peloton commercials promised you it would? <laughs> um, so what I did is I got the Costco budget Peloton. It's like, Ooh. it's like, nice. it was like, I don't know. I think it was like 300 bucks or something. And it doesn't have any of the Peloton stuff. It has a holder for your iPad and then you can download their like budget app to play like videos <laughs> on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's really it's some it's some grim ass shit. But yeah, I, I've been uh like playing poker and riding on the bike sometimes for hours Hell a yeah. day. Riding that yeah. Kirkland Signaton. Yeah, it's fucking dope. <laughs> um Yeah, but I guess Good. so I guess cor- but the other thing that's actually like kind of ridiculous for me is like um, I, I was going on hiatus from my job anyway. Um, mm. I think our last day, our last day was March 6th. So like my actual plan was to like smoke weed on the couch and watch movies every single day for a month anyway. <laughs> um, so I'm just like, I have not deviated from the plan. It's just the plan. But wow. do you have enough weed in movies for this extended hiatus? <laughs> I I got a weed delivery a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, like a week ago, and it was um, harrowing a little bit. I like because because I guess when you get weed in California, um, unlike other deliveries these days, they have to like physically oh, see check your you. ID. Yeah, they have oh, to like right, right, physically right. check your ID. And they had to like physically either take a debit card or so I was like, like pull it, pushing my debit card through the mail slot and like pushing my like I it was just like ridiculous. <laughs> huh. It was ridiculous. Have you seen any uh, movies that you you would recommend uh, dur- during your quarantine? Uh, yeah, actually, I I just watched a movie that I. Not only lied about watching in college, like for a film <laughs> course, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I wrote a paper on it, or like it was like a, a comparison paper. So I'd probably watch. I think I watched the other movie, but didn't watch um, Wayne Wang's Chan is Missing. Um, okay. And this is probably wildly irresponsible of me. I I don't think it's available on any legitimate streaming service, but for some reason it's up on YouTube in its entirety. So I watched it. It's fucking great. It's like kind of like a, a noir takes place in the 80s in San Francisco. Um, and it's like just like, but it's it's kind of shot like slacker. So it's just these like two like Chinese goofballs walking around talking to maniacs in like in like, I think early 80s San Francisco. It's fucking great. Mm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Highly, highly recommend. 
I can't believe you hadn't seen it until now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andrew, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners what we're talking about today. What we're mostly talking about uh, is a goofy movie. We we gave you your assignment on Friday. We hope you uh, spent the weekend watching and rewatching a goofy movie. Uh, we got thoughts. We got oh, yeah. takes on the goofy movie. Uh, we also might talk about the new Fiona Apple album, Demolition Man, uh, Laura Ingram's just barn burner of a of a show where she had uh, all the doctors that matter on uh at the end of last week uh all that and probably some more but first andrew we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are oh man okay there's a tiny chance this is Ben has been my search history in the past i don't remember it's been a while <laughs> since i've been on the show but my friend started doing a Zoom blackjack game mm. in quarantine. And um, I may have mentioned this before, but I am the worst type of card counter in that I kind of know how to do it, but I definitely can't do it perfectly. <laughs> and I like I like it's like if you fuck up when you're card counting, it's very, very bad. Um, so I, I'm like right at the, the precipice of like sort of Mount Stupid, like I'm overconfident, but I'm not good enough. Um, so I was looking up, like trying to refresh myself on on blackjack card counting. Um, so that was my well, most recent. Just so you, so you could try and get an edge in your Zoom blackjack game. Yeah, exactly. To literally cheat my friend. What are we talking here? Single deck? Bull shoe here? <laughs> he got to he literally has, uh, cheat my friends out of money. Yeah, he has uh, two decks. It's two decks. Okay. Okay. And um, not too much. That's not too bad. Get your uh, oh. mem- memory palace going. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, so here's what I will say for anyone, uh, I feel like any Zeitgangers uh, interested, you don't actually need to literally remember every card. No. You just want to mm-hmm. me- you just want to remember whether there have been more high cards or low cards played. And when the deck right. is rich in high cards, it's to the player's advantage. So really, you're just yeah. keeping track of every low card that you see is, let's say, minus one, and every high card tends through ace, you see, is a plus one. And when that running total gets higher than plus three or so, then you start increasing your bet. Got it. No Loose one sleep. in your blackjack game listens to this podcast, right? No, they yeah. they know I'm they know I can count cards, but because <laughs> you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, run that back really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trick okay, is okay. in a in a casino, it's easy to do. The trick is like doing it without fucking up ever, and yeah, without yeah. without it being obvious that you're doing it. Um, right. So yeah, that's the doing like math with your finger in the air in front of you. Yeah. What's uh what's a buy-in um, for that game? Uh it's it's low. It's just like All it's right. like a couple couple bucks per hand. I take some of that action. Just let me know. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this is this is the this is the time. We should like just a zoom casino. Actually, the the quasi to not legal online poker site that I play on. Um <laughs> quasi to not legal. <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things where it's like not legal for them to run it, but technically it's not illegal, illegal for you for to you use to it play. for me to use it. <laughs> right, right. Oh, okay. And, or, or it's but like, do you have to like put money down up front? Yeah, I mean you like, would, right? It's like so, Bitcoin, like if yeah. it gets shut down, you yes, could get yeah. The, the risk of exposure. Apparently, the main risk of exposure is technically what. I'm guilty of is like abetting their like massive fraud or massive illegal gambling operation. 
Um, anyway, I don't know. It's it's very common. You can you can find these sites. Um, <laughs> Finding new games in the core. But they have been. The co- they have had like a big like. This is our plan for COVID nineteen, and it's like, my man, your company is one server in the Bahamas. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, who gives Who gives a shit what your COVID nineteen like plan is? Like, I bet that they. I bet they put a mask on the server. I bet they yeah. did their two <laughs> Yeah, we only handle the server with gloves on. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just like I mean I I guess if you're a business that's what you have to do is you have to show that you have a plan but come on man the illegal online casino like give me a fucking break yeah uh, I can't I can't wait for like the postmortem on like the best worst like company response emails there's so many fucked up ones that yeah. that I've gotten from places that you're just like I just haven't been able to get off this list yet and now I need to yeah. know. What servers you're putting a right. mask on? <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated, Andrew? Oh, yes. So one other thing I've been doing to entertain myself um, during quarantine is um, not watching the actual movies. So I found this um, YouTube uh, channel that I sort of objectively don't think is good, but I've been watching a ton of it. Um and it's the 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 video series call is called The Ending Explained. And it's this guy that basically does like if like an eight-year-old were to explain a movie to you, the like and <laughs> the like and then and then and then version of a movie, but mm-hmm. for like fucked up torture porn horror movies. <laughs> um so I've I've just been like at times I'll just leave it on and they're like 20 minute essentially like it's supposed to be analysis and there's some analysis, but it's largely like, and then they go to the other corridor and this <laughs> they guy just is tell like, you what happened. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. fucking great. Um, so like, so consider, you know, even in this time when everyone's watching movies, consider not watching the movie. Just the Cliff's notes version. It's been weirdly <laughs> enjoyable, but I kind of always did that for horror movies. Like I don't love horror, but I, I'm always just like, well, what happened? What's what's the fucking thing? Right. <laughs> yeah, just get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what's something you think is overrated? I think I mean I'm guessing um this has probably been said before but I I think I'm done with documentaries especially Tiger Ooh. King kind of like settled it for me where I was like or or I should say docu series. I think like like in a sane world Tiger King would have been an hour and a half would have been on like the festival circuit. It would have been like, you know, like like American movie style, like kind of a cult classic. And you know what? It's the it's this like catch 22 where I'm sure they made a billion times more money and way more exposure to this thing by putting it on Netflix and like fucking padding the shit out of it. Um mm-hmm. but I I kind of think the best narrative version of it. I mean, Tiger King maybe had enough like like twists and turns that there's a little bit more, but it's still like three hours of material, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think we're just like chasing the dragon with that with this content, where it's like, man, I, I remember that first week of Dragon King, and yeah. now we're like, we're trying to find that vein again, being like, yo, I, it's not hitting yeah. the same. So now we're doing like these really weird watered down versions that don't matter. Yeah. I like, I, I, like even until your point, I feel like. We've definitely, for me personally, the energy I used to get from even thinking about it is completely gone. I'm like, yeah, I need a new thing. Yeah, I didn't yeah, fi- yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even finish Tiger King. Uh, Andrew, yeah, 
Andrew, did you did you think that Robert Durst was innocent or guilty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so th- yeah, that's like another one where it's like it's that's like the best one. I but it is like it's it was also too long. I think it was just <gasps> like let's just like but, fucking let's. I had to take it. the full six hours to prove that he did not do it. I know. Well, but <laughs> but that that one and Tiger King, um, and this this feels like a thing that like look maybe I'm just old but like it feels like like partially the influence of like vice vice news or not vice but whatever the vice show is where like the documentarians make themselves a fucking protagonist in yeah in the documentary i fucking hate that so much and it's like andrew jarecki does that yes yes and he looks like a vegas magician so it's like he's hard to look at as well (laughs) yeah it's and actually part of me with tiger king feels like you know, it's a little bit of like um, fucking like, what is that? Heisenberg's uncertainty principle or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, I can't say for sure definitively, but it feels like some of the events of Tiger King would not have happened if your asses were not filming them from the jump. Mm, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, they specifically say at a certain point that Joe Exotic is playing up for the cameras like he's treating his employees worse yeah. than he would otherwise for the cameras in a situation where he already treats them like shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's not obviously he was a terrible person regardless. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Um, well, An- Andrew, he- give us a new documentary to pivot to. What should people? What if people need to put the Tiger King shit down? What do they need to pick up? God damn, I I don't know. I mean, right now the thing that you should not do is there's gonna be. Oh man, actually, one of my friends is currently like at the behest of her manager outlining like a like a cash grab quarantine rom com. And I'm just like, yeah, I said that was happening right now. We've been talking about it. I've been arguing for the the horrible, um, inevitable mumblecore version of that same movie that will come out. Yeah. 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 Masked connections. (laughs) I will say this. I did go on a um, FaceTime hinge date like the second week of quarantine. How do you go? Um, Did you wear a mask? You know what I did do is I wore a suit. To, to love it. <laughs> to sit down and FaceTime, Classy. lean into it. Candle lit FaceTime. Literally, I'll 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 send you guys the photo I took of the setup. <laughs> but um I'm I'm very proud. It was one of those things where I was like, this is like a dumb idea that made me laugh so hard while I thought of it that I was like, I guess I just have to do this. And if she if she's not down, that's, that's fair. on her. That's yeah, and she's not the one. Yeah. It really is. I was like, this is just maximum Andrew, so I might as well just come in hot. Like, just how do you, What do you feel like of the quality of communication for something like that? Because I'm, I've, you know, I'm really curious if it feels like it's the same thing. Like, what, what, what do you get? Is it nourishing to go on a like blind FaceTime date from an app? Like, what's let so the, let us the, into that world, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the, <laughs> the thing that I found because it was also during like the second week or it was like day eight or something, right? Um, so it was like very early, like no one was used to it. And the thing that struck me that was really I thought interesting was that up until then, the only people I'd Facetimed with were like like in the before times, a Facetime would be like kind of like a weird 
sometimes people I think have done FaceTime dates, but it's like kind of impersonal and like it, it wasn't a thing. But like mm-hmm. that was one week into if you FaceTime someone, they were like your absolute loved ones, friends, family, your closest, closest people, or at least it was for me. So like then taking that mode and putting a stranger into it was fucking weird. Right. And it felt like super it's a intimate. Weird change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. So it it like sense. artificially created this sense of intimacy that I don't know has continued. And like we've since, you know, as we've been talking through the rest of this, it's like, look, we either really like each other or we had too many scrambled like signals in the top that were just like, this is someone I love and depend on. And <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, oh, that's amazing, though, that it's continued on. That's very cool. Yeah. So like so far, it's good. And it feels so basically that I think the thing that we've kind of loosely been saying is like, you know, like if if after this is over, it turns out we don't like each other. No hard feelings. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, yeah. for now, it's nobody's fault. For now, it feels like we really like each other. But who the fuck knows? Could be a trauma bond. You never know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. It's definitively is. But <laughs> yeah. But so, so that <laughs> was really interesting. <laughs> but uh, so who knows? Who knows where yeah. that goes? But yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, so you're saying instead of watching docuseries, uh, fall in love. Is what yeah. is your recommendation to the people? Really great answer to that question. Okay, okay, underrated falling in love. <laughs> Tell yourself you're falling in love. And right, right, right. Don't have any frame of <laughs> reference to know whether you're not. Fall madly in love with right. the first person who shows you any kindness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, no, it's a sort of a mod- modification of Jim Carrey from uh, Eternal Sunshine when he says, why do I <laughs> fall oh, in right, love with right. the first woman with who shows me woman. any kind of attention? It's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in there, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So that's, yeah. So that that oh, is, man. I guess that is my docuseries. You know what? On some level, <laughs> most of this, most I of like this has been- Maximum Andrew for a title, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maximum yeah. Andrew is the title of your docu series, <laughs> and I mean, like, like these docu series, you know, there's the Heisenberg principle of like, you know, you can't help but uh, adjust who you are, and like the Maximum Andrew that you're bringing, uh, based on like the fact that you're in front of the camera. You know? I know. And then in the last episode, there's a, like a moment in an interview with you where you say the title of the show, and everyone's like. Oh! <laughs> Oh. <laughs> You're like, um, I think I really have become the maximum Andrew. I mean, ideally, I die of COVID in the last episode. But, <laughs> right. You know, anything can happen. We'll, we'll be over. There also we'll needs dream. to be like a uh, mystery subtext where it's unclear if you killed your ex-wife <laughs> uh, in the past. Yep. Yeah. So lot of lot of dead bodies. A lot of dead bodies, a lot of ske- literal skeletons in that closet. Skeletons. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're talking Goofy Movie. And we're back. Ooh. And um, let's. I, I guess we should probably start off with just what our uh, relative, like what we were coming in with, uh, Andrew, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording that 
I think we were both a little bit too old for this movie to have, yeah. like, I, I think I was 15 or 14 when it came out. Yeah. Same. Um, so I, I was at the exact age that I would specifically avoid a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, even though it was about my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think but, that's, uh, I, yeah, the same, same for me. I was like, yeah, this is like I I know I'd known it's been like a cult classic for probably a couple of years now, but uh yeah never yeah. never thought to really like crack it open and uh, yeah it was definitely was it, you know it's it's a kids movie from my perspective, um but right and, and it has that classic thing I think of like who am I supposed to relate to when I watch this now but we'll figure yeah. we'll, we'll get into that we'll get Max, into that bro. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, all right, Miles My- and Jamie, uh, you guys had seen it before? No. Oh, really? Oh, really? Miles, you Was that the only no, person that's seen it? I'm kind of in the same boat where, see, it's different. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, Jack, but like at the time I was 11, but I was like the shittiest kind of 11 year old who <laughs> was like, like Pulp Fiction was out that year. And I'm like, I'm watching that, dude. Like, yeah. I'm watching Clerks. Yeah, yeah. No, like, that's uh, kind of. I was that, that's fair. That was sort of my like vibe way, as an elect because I think also growing up in LA, you have the added layer of like being really close to movies. So it's like, no, nah, dude, like my my palate is beyond Disney shit anymore. So mm-hmm. I I like a lot for a lot of those reasons. I just like rejected a lot of things that were made for probably people my age at the time. So um, yeah, so you weren't I had, like the other eleven year olds, is what you're saying. <laughs> I well, yeah, he, nah, dude. I was just fucking, you know, it's trippy, dude. Uh, or my parents were <laughs> neglecting me by letting me watch that shit. But I think, yeah, I just at the time I wasn't interested, but I always knew other people liked it. And when Danny came on, Danny Fernandez came on like a few years ago, like one of her first appearances, really talking about how like big this uh, as a film it was to her. I was kind of like, huh, okay. And now I watched it, like, like you say, Andrew, like, yeah, it's. It's a kids movie, but I I can see what kids would feel back then in '95 or whenever you watched it. But yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it's got its. I've I've, I've been watching nothing but kids movies. So by the way, I will never forgive Zeitgang for making the first movie of our movie club uh, <laughs> a G-rated movie, since that's all I've been able to watch this whole fucking quarantine. I remember but though the did, last episode, you're like, "Oh, great, I can watch it with my kids." Cut to today, and you're like, "Man, fuck <laughs> y'all! I've been watching these guys, <laughs> <laughs> you assholes." Uh, Jamie, you had seen it before? I'd seen it before. I was a baby when it came out, so I didn't see it in theaters. But I saw it later. Uh. Sorry, guys. I was two years old when this movie came out. <laughs> God damn. Uh, but, uh, but I have seen it a bunch of times. I think I've seen an extremely goofy movie more, and that's the one where Max goes to college and Goofy comes with him. Because every time I've like start like i when i watched arrested development season four you're just like oh they're just doing an extremely goofy movie what a weird choice when like michael goes to college with george michael that's literally the plot of an extremely goofy movie but whatever (laughs) not calling anyone else but uh, but it seems like you know maybe they just plagiarized an extremely goofy movie uh but Mm -hmm. yeah no this is a this is a good book it does follow with my theory that all movies are about fathers and sons uh and and so this movie wasn't necessarily but I, but it's i like it a lot i have a lot of thoughts about it 
<laughs> Definitely from an era when all movies are about fathers and sons because they were all written by like teams of all mm-hmm. dudes, including yeah. this movie, which was written by three men, one of whose name was Jim, spelled J-Y-M-M. So, uh, that's... so shout out to him. Yummy. And we're also going to be uh, bringing in to comment on this movie, uh, one of our experts, one of our goofy movie experts on our network, uh, super producer Anna Hosnier. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, I'm here with Goofy, actually. Yay. Um, wow. She is with Goofy. Uh, Goofy is <laughs> my absolute favorite character in the Disneyverse. Um, as you can see, it still wow. has its tags on it from when I bought it at Disneyland Damn. at seven years old. That's so cute. Um, Dead stock, I- NWT. Yeah, and he's in he's in primo <laughs> condition. I've had him my whole life, and I don't let anyone touch him. Wow. Goofy movie is the movie that defined my childhood. I had issues with my father. Mm. I also felt like I was never cool enough and was trying too hard to, mm. um, you know, attract people into my friend groups. Mm. I also think it's probably one of the most layered, intricate, like dark, dramatic films while like surrounded by the idea that it's a Disney film, but touching on so many different levels of emotions and anger and relationships and feelings and like what it is to be a single father with this son that you don't understand and there's no mother figure which is deeply unexplained as to how Max even came about. I did some very f- the research. It the deeper you dig, though, it gets so fucked up. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Max's mother yeah. is presumably a human woman that fucked. What? Up. That's what my research <laughs> yeah. revealed. And this is dead. goof. Well, it's tough because we never see her face, but right. it seems like that was. Uh, it, we never saw She's her got face. A human in the, body. But she has a human body. But so do a lot of the animals mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in, in these movies. Uh, and she, like Roxanne, is basically a human with a dog nose. Well, that's yeah, one of the things of... that drives me at, like up a wall about like this era of animation. I think like it's not bad in in a goofy movie, but they're so like for <laughs> anytime there's only men on an animated project, the like female characters basically just look like women and the the male <laughs> characters can look like cartoons. But like Roxanne looks like a like a 14 year old girl with a dog nose like she doesn't look like she has no dog features by design because she's like supposed to make boys horny right yeah so all the female character on a little yeah i mean they're the i mean a lot of these like i sometimes forget that goofy is supposed to be a dog but he looks like a cartoon you know like the the girls in in this movie do not look like cartoons he looks like shit in the first musical number there was a A map. Come out. One of the characters had the wild cleavage. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big natural, big natural dog titties. Yeah. So there is this movie. (laughs) Let's just go from the top. You just barked because I said big natural. I was unprepared for this G-rated movie to open with a wet dream. Um, (laughs) Right. It turns into like a psychedelic body horror nightmare. Mm -hmm. But the movie just throughout is extremely horny. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like. His main uh, motivation is horniness. There's like a part where like the valedictorian gives a speech or the class president gives a speech to the class and people are like, yeah, give it to me. Like everyone's just like so, <laughs> it's so, so it's high school. Horny. It's, 
It's this, high school, y'all. It is high school. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. It's like, realistic and depiction. Also this, I was I like uncomfortably the, I like the, and one of the prematurely very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did too. Yeah. One of uh, one of the notes I, I wrote down was that like 90% of the female characters are like basically just fly girls. Like they're exactly right. dressed yeah. like fly girls. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's what, this is really a true snapshot of a period of time because you also get uh, one of his, one of the characters who I was like, wait, they're really ripping off Pauly Shore, but it is Pauly <laughs> Shore. But he's right. not. Uh, he's introduced, he's introduced drinking from a water fountain with a straw, which is like, <laughs> Cool, I guess. Great joke. And he says, "Major slurpage." I was like, "Oh Great my joke. god!" There is so there. I guess I was like reading the. So I don't know if this is like beautiful or or just weird, but the the director of a goofy movie is so like into being the director of a goofy movie that <laughs> his Twitter handle is at goofy movie dur. Um, <laughs> yes. and mostly what he could be found Fuck tweeting yeah. Kevin Lima mostly what you can, he could be found tweeting is behind the scenes facts about a goofy movie and wait I like guess, to this day? yeah like oh last week because I guess that Disney <laughs> like the Disney plus Twitter account was like we're doing a live watch of a goofy movie and then the director was just like here's what fucking happened and like just oh, really boy. he's so here's what they don't want you to know the titties were bigger um, <laughs> he should be proud but he's like he's like t- too proud he but i guess that Polly because Polly shore is not credited at the end of the movie and i was like wait that was Polly shore though right and i guess Polly shore really wanted the part but then asked to not be credited which is like i don't just understand for the love that's just for the love of the game. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. didn't need to. People, you you just know it's him. And he also never saw a Goofy movie, even though he was a major part of it. Um, That's sick. Uh, that was something that his uh, intern revealed, is that he never saw it. Kevin Lima also um, directed one of my other favorite uh, Disney movies, Enchanted. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, he directed mm. Enchanted. That's amazing that he is Tarzan. like... 102 Dalmatians. That's amazing that Goofy movie holds such sway over his like he's, you know his career that he's Goofy movie dur. He's not enchanted he dur. Like, he's not Tarzan yeah, dur. That fucking <laughs> rules. I feel like you're not hearing me when I tell you Goofy movie is canon. Right. <laughs> the thing well I- I love the strength of Polly Shore's brand, though, back then, like back to your point about ca- encapsulating 90s culture, because, you know, they basically co-opted like, what was he called? Weasel, like Weasel and fucking Encino Man or Weasel, that mm-hmm. whole character yeah. from Encino Man. They're just like, get that and put oh. that in this movie. Because that whole that? thing was yeah. like, he's whizzing the juice, you know, he's like, stop whizzing because he was drinking the slushies wheezing. in Encino Man. He's wheezing, wheezing the, the juice. juice. Miles, excuse mm-hmm. me, sir. Is that sir. supposed to be Encino Man? Is that Polly Shore? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It feels like in the '90s, like film film course or screenwriting uh, courses were like, okay, you need a regular guy, a chubby friend, and a Polly Shore, and then put them in right. a car <laughs> go. And like right. that's what that's yeah. how a movie works. And you'll make There's like, thirty yeah. million dollars minimum. <laughs> there. There's also the score yeah. is so good too. The Carter Burwell score in this movie rules. I didn't remember any of the. Uh, songs in this movie. The, all the songs are, I don't know. The songs didn't hit for me as hard as they used to because it's like, this could be in any movie, really. But uh, Carter, uh, yeah. Carter Burwell was great. Music, th- that's what's interesting to me that caught my attention about the film was just like, 
to your point, there it, you can look at this film so many ways, and there are a lot of things that even resonated in me as like one of the few like black kids in my school where I was constantly thought of as like being called like a gang member or whatever, like just picking on like my haircut or whatever from the deans and shit. So mm-hmm. like his whole arc, even there was a moment I just remember in uh, seventh grade when the West Side Connection album came out. I was throwing up West Side in a class photo and my teacher stopped the whole fucking class to like pull up the class photo and be like, guys, we had a really nice class photo, but some gang people want to bring gang signs into our photos. And she tore the fucking photo up in front of us and like threw it on my desk. That's like like, traumatized. And there were white kids. There were white kids throwing that shit up too. But I just remember and I was like, you know what? And when I saw when Max did his thing, doing his power line shit, uh, and the fucking principal yeah. just went off and just told his dad, oh, you know, he's going to be a fucking gang member in the electric chair. I was like, whoa. <laughs> also, though, the main yeah. reason I bring this up, though, is because there was, there's themes of, I think, just that experience. And I think that's that can be interpreted any number of ways, I think, based on your individual experience. But Powerline being played by Tevin Campbell yeah. was also one of the most mind-blowing things for me. And I was like, I love Tevin. It Can was I supposed to be you? Bobby Brown. Yeah, it was supposed to be Bobby Brown, but because of his drug Thank problems, God. he <laughs> bailed <laughs> out. Tevin he was, kills I, it. I got more like Michael Jackson, MC Hammer, Bobby Brown vibes from him than Tevin Campbell. He's based off Michael Jackson and Prince, but Tevin Campbell played him. Right. Yeah. And I think there's got even an okay. allusion to Michael Jackson yeah. in like that car scene, right? Isn't it like a glove yeah, that comes out? Yeah, the hand goes up. But Tevin Campbell, man... Uh, one of he was one of my favorite people back then. I had a signed Kevin Tevin Campbell cassette tape uh, in 1991. <laughs> Can I also say that uh, Powerline's outfit is based off Devo? They're they're oh, like yellow no, jumpsuits. Really? That yeah. tracks. That, that tracks. Sense. Yeah. Uh, also, he has an impossible body type. Powerline. I've oh, never yeah. seen. Uh, what what's going on? Yeah. But it's still like hot. talk about unrealistic standards. Yeah. Those those fucking like solid Oakleys that. Various characters wear are dope as hell. Yeah, they're very. Yeah, very yeah they dope. really are. They Blue need blockers. To, I need a <laughs> <Yeah>. pair now. <laughs> I I had a question. Are those goofy gloves genetic? It felt like <laughs> I was that's, wondering that right. too. <laughs> I was like, so what that's the- a weird thing because that comes from like <laughs> minstrel shows, right? Yeah, uh, and that's where like Mickey Mouse got his from. Is that like Mickey Mouse was had a lot of design elements that were taken from minstrelry and then uh, (laughs) a lot of the early Disney characters uh, also had that same thing. It's just, Um, but it's so weird. Yeah. I noticed at one point that he like has baggy nineties clothes. Like he, he dressed exactly like I dressed at (laughs) that age. Uh, And, and then like the white gloves. Well, it's, it's, the scene where he accidentally is like touches uh touches Roxanne's hands and I realized she didn't have gloves on cuz at first I was like okay yeah. it's yeah. maybe just part of the dog body and then I was like okay <laughs> I guess it's part of the goofy family body these fucking well, It kind of fucked me up when they're when like they took their shoes and socks off <laughs> yeah. I was like what the fuck bro Oh I hated when oh, you saw his feet his, his toes yeah. Oh my fuck god they were so like horrible that. That I thought about that a lot last night. Yeah, <laughs> I really, I like paused it for a second to be like, what the fuck is, what are we doing right now? There's a few like world building like of this that I, I was just like, cause it, Goofy 
knows that Walt Disney exists. He like yes. name checks what they both know who so, Walt Disney is, but who is Walt Disney in relation to them in this world where they're living? God? In yeah. Or is he his boss? Like, I don't know. He's got a keychain. So yeah. it's like Disney. Yeah. It's right. not just like, I don't know. I don't get it. But they live so in is Ohio. It religion? Is that? Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like their L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. or, or is he their Xenu? Yeah. Maybe he's their Xenu. The other thing. Like, this is a play. This is a world where Goofy and his son live in Ohio because that's where it says they start on the map, and that Walt Disney oh, okay. movies—that's where I lived at that time. Exist. This is oh, that's where they track. live. They I thought they Columbus. lived yeah, near like I, Massachusetts. No, it says, Columbus. I think, I, on the I map, think the yeah, map Columbus. starts in the middle. But also, like he has like a Disney or a, a Mickey Mouse phone in the beginning. Like, imagine right. you had a phone that was a sculpture of your dad's friend. Right, (laughs) I don't have to imagine, but yeah, Mickey's hitchhiking in the movie. So you're like, is Mickey not rich in this movie because he's hitchhiking? Mickey Mouse is also at the Powerline concert. He's in the crowd. Oh my god, Mm, that motherfucker was at the Powerline show to get to the concert. So he's not even a celebrity. He just like gives out phones that are shaped like him to his friends. It's, but then Walt Disney is like his. It's weird. There's also like some weird like punching down with like other amusement parks. Like they have to like create a straw man amusement park that's like a mm-hmm. based on a shittier rodent. I couldn't tell right. if they were like, like making yeah, fun of themselves, you. like old timey Disneyland, or if they were just like shitting on right. a very specific place that we don't know about. Did anyone? Okay, I felt a real sp- some type of way in after. Okay, I have to go back to the Powerline performance when he snuck snuck one on the entire school. First thing I like call out. I love the suspension of disbelief. Like this motherfucker pretended he was Powerline the whole show, and it wasn't until his glasses came off that they're like, <laughs> they "It's fucking Max, they're like, man. Oh shit! That's Everything a classic else. trope in Disney. I know, where but I Cinderella love it. was like so disguised, wearing yeah. a dress, mm-hmm. a dress, yeah." I feel like that concert's a perfect metaphor for drugs and alcohol because it's like the <laughs> thing that he does that like makes everyone be like, all right, I guess he's cool, which is like in high but, school, like the thing you do. Like, what was his fucking plan? Like, the plan was just <laughs> to like live to, to stunt to, to, to fuck that girl as Powerline. It felt like. He was 14. He wasn't thinking that far ahead. Oh, right. Because like, if the plan went fully off, he would have been Powerline, and she would have been like, oh my God, Powerline. He'd be like, yeah. Come come to Um, the bus? The tour bus? Like, what was the plan? (laughs) Hey, come on, baby. There's also... (laughs) That's what I mean. That's this level. I I enjoyed having to suspend my disbelief to that degree, which was kind of... uh, fun about it but when he got in trouble that sort of fucking rant that the principal goes on when he's saying that he's like a a gang member who will cause riots and steal things like the references to the 92 riots because this came out in 95 which probably (laughs) meant the script was written in 93 maybe even in 92 it was yeah based on the time for it so i'm like who the fuck like what it I was like, yo, what the fuck is that part? Especially like, but he's that like, was real. That's real, man. Like I like just Jim wearing cross colors clothes and Carl Kanai in Ohio at that time. People like I, I remember my Spanish teacher. Like I got <laughs> even better grades in seventh grade, but my Spanish teacher was like, "You're turning into a punk, kid. You're like you're going down the wrong path." <laughs> like people really couldn't handle like any influence of hip hop 
in your life, they would flip out. Yeah, you're like, fuck you, teach. Now give me back my visor. And you put it on upside down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. O'Brien, out. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, more goofy movie analysis. Because we haven't even gotten to Bigfoot yet, guys. <laughs> And we're back. I have, I have another fun fact from at Goofy Movie Durr. <laughs> Please, Durr. Yeah, let's hear it. So there is a, a, I guess that, it, okay, he says, in an early version of the story, Max had an opponent for Roxanne's affection, a dog named Chad. <laughs> oh, fuck. What? And oh, he, yeah. And I guess in the original draft of the movie, he was voiced by Joey Lawrence, which would have been perfect 1995 shit. But yeah, there was he was Max was literally going to be up against a Chad. Wow. So I felt like Max's uh, character and relationship to Roxanne felt a little incelish yeah. because yes. he like has no redeeming qualities other than that oh, he's very nervous around her and like doesn't know how to like talk. He gets really tongue tied. And that makes her want to date him, which seems very like in line with incels expectations for like women just be loving them because because mm-hmm. yeah if we because yeah. they want them to <laughs> yeah if we were, if we were doing a Bechdel cast on this that it come up <laughs> <laughs> that I'm just like what well, there's we another don't know anything about Roxanne outside of she has a dad and she like ends up liking Max for question Ugh. mark reason yeah, uh, because he's her, shy. Her household gave off very dark. Vibes I know, I know. Mm, yeah. yeah. The Chad opponent was interesting. And I also just uh, was reading through the IMDb trivia that PJ was actually going to be a frog called Pepe. Um, oh. and it was going to be Max. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're. Thank they, you, Goofy Movie we really dodged. We really dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to follow Goofy um, Movie Durr. Dur. Let's see if we get a follow back. <laughs> but to, to a point that uh, I think one of you guys raised earlier, Goofy is such a klutz yeah. that he drives like a criminally negligent drunk person and kills two highway workers. Yes. And then like is just constantly accidentally killing people, which which led me to believe that's what happened to his wife. Um because mm. he keeps like killing people and just Whoa. Uh, mo- moving on. Papering it over. Um I like that Goofy yeah. is kind of like I mean, first of all, the fact that this like world is like, okay, this is where we're gonna tackle single fatherhood. You're like, all right, let's see what ha- <laughs> I think that's cool. But it's like it's he's Goofy's like an okay dad. He's doing all right. And at the end, yeah, he's not like, great. I accept that I'm only doing You okay. kind of hate him at first. Yeah. I feel yeah. like his journey is similar, or our journey is similar to Max's, and that at yeah. first you're just like, man, fuck this guy. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Let let Max do what he wants. And then by the end, you're kind of endeared by uh, just what a complete fuck I, up of a dad he is. I looked yeah. at it yeah. like such an angry kid that the second... That scene where he was like, "We're going on a fishing trip, bro." I had I had so much anxiety because it's like, "No, <laughs> yeah, dude, he's too. about to fucking go watch the go to the fucking party with Roxanne, you dick. Let him fucking have this. Right. It's not and about it, you, goofy. Yeah, that I was so pissed off about it. 
I it didn't matter like the actual plot points of the script that were supposed to be part of the redemption arc completely went past me because I was still hanging on to my anger from him mm-hmm. denying him yeah. going to the party. So See, I I, 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 felt, I kind of felt on this viewing, I felt closer to like I love Max, but I was like Max, you fucking ungrateful little kid. Your father brings you on a vacation for two weeks. He brings you to baseball games. He brings you to amusement parks. And that's not fucking enough for you. There's a lot of dogs that don't get those opportunities, Max. You should Holy enjoy your shit. vacation. Really I was over a real some parent good parts of that vacation. That was a great vacation yeah. they Hell went yeah. on. Yeah. And There's Max had to do whatever the fuck he wanted. The whole vacation. This is a good vacation. They're in Miami for Did a second. Else? What? That was yeah. the part where they're like paragliding in Miami somehow is <laughs> fucking great. I but it's, at, yeah, how much money do cocaine. they have? Yeah. Like it's also it's also like because nominally he's doing it as sort of a punishment. You know, he's like trying to get Max on the, like just be like you're in fucking trouble. We're going on this fishing trip. No, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Or right. he has no backbone. But then in the middle, yeah. he's just he's like, like one of those all dads right. Who wants everybody to like him. You have to think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. given the information that we are, that Goofy is a single father who works at like a J.C. Penney like photo studio, they could not afford that vacation, and that right. Goofy is in no. a lot of debt. A lot of debt. Ma- yeah, Max can't go to. Yeah. How do they pay for college in an extremely Goofy movie? I wonder if it's explained. Because it seems like yeah, Goofy I mean they're just, just in a lot a of hole. debt. I That's think. why he has yeah. to pivot to show business, unfortunately. That's just- <laughs> well, fortunately for Goofy, the uh, the department store photography uh, business is about to explode, <laughs> so he's probably going to do do really well on that. Got it in the bottom of world. Can I give you some info? Um, apparently he works at Kmart. So that's a weird thing Wait, going on. Canonically, Kmart? Yeah, really? he works at Kmart. So the Kresge's are behind his lack of upward mobility. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, he's just a studio photographer, which he works under Pete, who's mm-hmm. PJ's. Uh, and PJ stands for Pete PJ's Jr. Dead, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. Mean. Also, I don't understand how like Pete is a one percenter with his like whole layout <laughs> of his travel gear. Right. Um, right. Oh, I mean, but- you haven't seen his credit card debt. Well, I was yeah. gonna say, like, what is what <laughs> does Pete do? He he run, he owns that studio or oh, something. Right. He's like, yeah, he's, he's only like a, a, like a assistant manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, how much money were those? Pla- I mean, those places were probably making fucking bank in '95, but not yeah. like not like camper, like one percenter camper bank. That was no. like a Betsy DeVos RV. Yeah, yeah. So, many, yeah. so many Michigan references with the Kresge's and Betsy DeVos. Sorry. But there, uh, there, there was one moment where I, I think it's Pete calls him Mr. Goof or someone calls him Mr. Mm-hmm. Is his name fucking Goofy Goof? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm I, Goofy Goof. This is my son, Max Goof. Max uh, Goof. But also, our writer, JM, wrote how his wife died. Did you see that? No. Yeah. So, there, <laughs> so this was written into the... Into like the pages of one of the scripts for Goof Troop, but was never like included as a line of dialogue. It was just like, here's some background on the character. His uh, Max Goof's mom died when she was at the Grand Canyon with Goofy, and he was like, "Here, hun, I'm gonna take a picture of you." Okay, back up a little bit, back up a little bit more, and then the last thing he ever heard was her scream as she fell into the Grand Canyon. Oh my god. What? So that adds a whole <laughs> yeah. new level oh. of just like darkness to Right. I mean, I like it's that murder. they go so for it. it. I respect murder. that they just go for the full cartoon tragedy. 
It's holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. femicide. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it feels a little they, bit like if she's human. It does feel a little bit like Goofy is too dumb to realize that she operates on different physics than him as a cartoon and just right. killed her because that would have been fine for a cartoon, not for oh, the oh, human. Yeah. Do you think, though, that Goofy has any trauma that he carries with him or no. he, he deals in a very specific spectrum of emotions where that's why he can just laugh off like, oh, yeah. my oh, love, yeah. my love fell to her death. <laughs> Goofy seems to like reference some like daddy like issues that he had. It's like also implied that Goofy's father has died because like mm-hmm. when they're trapped yeah. in the car on the Bigfoot night, he's like, yeah, I used to do this shit with my dad meant a lot. And then you're like, what happened to your dad? What if it was the same thing that happened to they his They lived wife? in a car. What if, what if this is his, his curse? Everyone he loves falls off a cliff. I don't... Oh. So the Bigfoot segment uh, comes at the midpoint of the movie, which, like, the midpoint is supposed to be, uh, like, the point at which, like, the stakes get heightened and the game changes into something that's a little more heightened. My reading is that they died. <laughs> Bigfoot kills them or they were squashed by the RV. Like the giver? Max dies and everything that happens from this point forward in his death is just his death hallucination mm-hmm. um, because it totally loses its tether to reality and becomes like total dream logic. Like they're fishing, Bigfoot arrives, and then overall the rhythm becomes huge intractable problem happens and then just dissolves into the next scene. Like, Bigfoot is going to kill them. <laughs> it's like Cujo. They can't get out of the car, and then they just, like, dissolve to them eating at a roadside diner. Where yeah. like it looks like those nuns that they see on the highway are also, like, following them the whole movie, yes. and that's never really addressed because mm. those nuns are behind them at no. the diner. Yeah. yeah. They're in the background of every scene. Oh, they, but, yeah. but so what Jack's saying is they're emissaries from God to usher them into the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. just ushering them on into the, right, uh, right. I like into the that afterlife. Read. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, just to sort of I mean, create a Pavlovian response of seeing them in moments that are like uplifting or give you hope. Like if it's a musical number, they escape the Bigfoot thing. So now we see them as a comfort. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. My guessing is that they died when Pete drove over them in his RV because that that comes right before the <laughs> yes. Bigfoot hallucination right. and then it comes like their whole journey in their car on a river like their car is in a river in the Grand Canyon something that like clearly would have killed them again for like the fifth time and then dissolved to they're just like in the band's instrument cases. Like there's no explanation. He's just like, well, I guess we got to get you up there, man. And then boom, they're, Sne- they're Sneaking backstage. into the power line concert was amazingly smooth. Mm-hmm. That I, I was yeah, like, that was very, very surely, surely there'll be some, something that happens here. Some kind of conflict. Nope. They're just in. No, just no. straight on stage. As they sneak into the concert, yet another timeless death of mm. a, a wage worker just doing their job. The security guard at the venue uh, who is finds Max trespassing uh, at a concert yeah. uh, could possibly injure himself at this, uh, at this venue. Mm-hmm. Chasing him through the rafters, eventually he, he smashes into a jumbotron <laughs> screen, <laughs> presumably dies, and yeah, then again. we move into a dance number. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it also. But when that he, dance number is pretty tight. Oh, it's amazing. When he crashes into the jumbotron, people in the audience just cheer. No one yeah. is like mm-hmm. remotely yeah. like, "Oh no!" This is dope. They're like, "This I, is amazing." Yeah. I mean, again, maybe a metaphor for our times, where yeah, ironically, these people were cheering on the deaths of our peers for entertainment mm-hmm. or something. You know? <laughs> huh. I did. Yeah. I did feel. Th- I thought there was gonna be some discussion with somebody that related back to a theme like in terms of talking a power line or talking to the security guard like hey right this is yeah this is for my kid i always wanted or like oh i'm in love and i gotta do this right. or something i just thought there's gonna be something and it just wasn't there also the more i was thinking about it i was like what are the economics of broadcasting your touring show on TV, like, yeah. Well, Bieber's done it. I mean, it must have been a finale. It must have been like yeah. on the run tour. Yeah, yeah, like a pay per view. This probably would have been like peak pay per view shit too, which is oh, why yeah, they were yeah. only watching yeah. it at one kid's house. It's like of one course. kid yeah. had ten dollars. <laughs> no, one kid um, either had a parent who had the black box, or one kid you knew was rich because their parents mm-hmm. bought pay per view. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. I, yeah. Did. I mean, she was the class president. They watched it at the class president's house, right. who clearly, mm-hmm. you know, so she probably I loved, had, had cash. I loved the class the president. Graduation. I loved yeah. the class president, and I loved the uh, the weird weird girl as a uh, sidekick to hot girl as a 14-year-old <laughs> visibility. <laughs> class president girl <laughs> with braces. I was like, okay, there, I feel seen. Yep, with the Blossom hat. Yeah, yeah. Blossom, yeah, she was Blossom. Oh, yeah, she was. When Goofy hashtag me too's the background singer by going into her dressing room when she was undressing and then it's just like, does his like mm-hmm. whole attract, I'm attracted to you thing. That was really yeah. inappropriate. He shouldn't have stayed in there. Was so that you, the same woman? Oh, he stayed? Well, I he, thought he left. No, he you would never see him leave. But then all of a sudden he's on stage. Wow. But some I don't know. I didn't feel good about that. I and didn't like how Goofy was in there showing eyes at her while she was getting dressed. And at at Goofy Movie Durr uh, confirmed that that backup singer is the same woman that you see in a car earlier in the movie with oh. a tiny dog in front. So canonically, hmm. same woman. So Goofy's been kind of arguably stalking her. <laughs> interesting canceled well guys i think we solved the goofy movie Um, i i just have one i have one last question ultimately do you know with all the things you're saying anna you said you've seen goofy show characteristics that you don't really find all that pleasant uh we've Mm -hmm. all had our criticisms do you think goofy should have even had custody of max um just given everything we've thought of like the mother falling to her death (laughs) <laughs> the, all the other things around this, uh, you know, I'm just curious how you feel about that. I think Goofy lives in a world with white male privilege in a way. Um, he can kind of do whatever he wants. He can have children. Um, he could murder people and kind of <laughs> just live like coast through. No big deal. Everyone's just like, I don't know, man. Promote him. Put him on stage. Yeah. Let him live a life. And <laughs> it's a very uh, interesting world where when I see it, I was like, oh, well, he's a man, so he can do whatever he wants, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I just remembered right. one dark thing from that, quote unquote, one? wooden wooden animatronic uh, 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 opossum show. Um, Jug band? Yeah. There was a lyric that where one of the possums said, don't you want to be hanging from a tree? At Whoa. the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the f- 
is this shit? I mean, I get that the way they were like posed is them with their tails wrapped around a branch, like hanging, but just right. Cause I, I, I kept the subtitles on just to kind of absorb <laughs> as much of like everything that was going. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, Southern possum Chuck E. Cheese with the lynching Damn. themes. Oh, shit. And I mean, when you look at the fact that Mickey Mouse's background is so like tied into minstrel shows, yeah. like that's that's pretty dark. When they yeah. went to that theme park, I did write down a note. Is this turning into deliverance? Because it felt like this, <laughs> that was where yeah, it was going. Yeah. There were some, yeah, like the the toothless child was maybe supposed to be coded for also an adult. I was like, what? The, they're going in with this whole fucking situation at the awesome part. Yeah. I wish that they would like build out these like these kind of like complicated cannons for like Daisy. I, w- I would love right. like a full on mm-hmm. Daisy Duck movie where she's a shitty mom and she's got a daughter and she's right. and like that would be that would be fun. I like that Goofy's got this like deep very 90s like <laughs> socioeconomically complicated canon. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's good shit. I do think this is uh, the most 90s movie I've ever seen, both with what Anna was talking about with the, like, white male, like, just just not even thinking about any of the consequences of his action, and then just, like, the stakes of him, like, wanting to impress a girl by lying that his dad knows, like, Michael Jackson is just, like, so... It's, like, such a 90s, like, TV plot that's just, like... That, yeah, a, that yeah. would be impressive to like people who work in the film industry, but like nobody, like I don't know, like people don't care that your dad was in a band with Michael Jackson. Like kids in high school aren't like, "Whoa, you must be cool." Well, that's like they're like, "Fuck you." That's asshole. like a, another like I mean, every like teen movie of the '90s features uh, the like male romantic lead lying to the object of his affections saying, I'm sorry, kind of at the end, maybe, and then being immediately yeah. forgiven. And then she's his wife. Yeah. Yeah. He's so bad at communicating. It's unbelievable. They actually, everyone, everyone in the goof family is like, cannot communicate. It's, it's hard to watch. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, and and when you realize that uh, Goofy's inability to communicate to his wife uh, clearly <laughs> uh, ended her life, this is not this is not a good uh, precedent. Also, did anybody else like for a very for a split second when Goofy explodes at the end and it's just his boots standing there think that it was at like he had blown up and it was just like his, his like everything from his shins up had been like disintegrated that was, I was like yeah. holy that was the shit. point and i was like wow what a fucked up summer for this kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's static. one fucked up summer it's like it's like June eighteenth, and your dad has been reduced to shins and shoes. <laughs> right, right. I mean, how different would an extremely goofy movie be if Goofy had exploded at the end of the first movie? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say there's a lot of instances where we're not sure if if these characters can actually die because he drives yeah. so recklessly. He mm-hmm. the the car can mold and fit under any sort of obstacle. Um, but then at the same time, they're worried about them falling off a uh, oh, waterfall. waterfall. And right. it's like, you'll be okay. 
Well, you guys that have is proven that you don't die. <laughs> you can't well, like, die. Like any Disney movie, the mother can always die yeah. one way or yeah. another. Right. They'll find a way to kill her. But yeah, there. I didn't even think of that. But like, if you're the a man. The is pretty low. Yeah, you're, you're, oh, you're more visible. Yeah. <laughs> this movie made me realize that the uh, we're, on, we're floating on something about to go over a waterfall was... Like the quicksand of '90s movies. Like <laughs> every '90s movie had that. Like I feel like I saw so many shitty comedies where that was like the end. What was the movie that where where there was like a hot air balloon? Oh, I don't yeah, know. like that. People loved that motif in the '90s. Should we just pivot this movie club to only films that have that water waterfall <laughs> scene? <laughs> 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 just to maybe see if there's something thematically we're seeing no matter mm-hmm. what if you have a if you have a weight we're gonna go off the waterfall it's all scene by the same guy I you renamed um, rename the series do go chasing waterfalls and <laughs> right <crazy>. exactly <laughs> i just love that this movie has a carter burwell score that's so fucking weird like carter burwell has scored every cohen brothers movie ever he like doesn't usually do kids movies he did like anomalisa he did like <laughs> and then it, this is just he did i thought you said he didn't do kids a movie. Goofy <laughs> movie. <laughs> isn't that a kid isn't that a cartoon movie oh have or you showed that to, to your kids let my kids watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah i just turned it on and left the room <laughs> i didn't stick around yeah <laughs> but it's like a, i guess well he did wayne's world too but like he doesn't do a lot of fun movies and he did so good I mean, he did famously yeah. do Joe's Apartment from 1996, which is about the fucking roaches that had the mm. fucking... Famously. The, they were running the apartment. I gotta get... <laughs> well, guys, this has been a... I think this has been a hugely successful first edition of uh, Daily Zeitgeist Movie Club. Oh, yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure talking goofy movie with you. Uh, Andrew, it's been a pleasure, as always, just having you as yeah. a guest on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where Great. can people uh, find you and follow you? Just Andrew T on social media, last name is spelled T-I. I'm not doing anything fun these days, so, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> is there a tweet or some other uh, act of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, uh, this is from uh, Mike Hanford, um, and it just said, uh, someone should dress up as Joe Exotic for Halloween this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we're all so fucking predictable and sad, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> do it. Such a good idea. Oh my God, such a good idea. Yeah. But like, people are going to do that and then like get so much credit for doing it. I know. It. People are going to be like, oh, nice, dude. Well, that's the, awesome. the bar is just through the bottom of the ground, whatever that's called. Yes. It's yeah. just whatever. Yeah. Jamie, where can people find you and follow you? And what's the tweet you've been enjoying? You can follow me on twitter.com at Jamie Loftus Help. Or Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. And the tweet I'll call out today is from Megan Keister at Born Feral. Um, and it says Fiona Apple dropping this damn album in the middle of Quar is like getting a $1.2 million emotional stimulus check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> album is very good. That's your that's your homework for the uh this Monday evening. If you haven't listened yes. to it yet, listen to it. We'll and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode. Anna, where can people find you, follow you? At Anna Hosney on Twitter. And I do have a tweet that really, really got me good. It's at Noah Garfinkel. 
and he tweeted, I'm a messy bitch who lives for the diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miles, where can people find you and follow you? And what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man. Before we do that, I want to let people know we do have a new piece of merchandise in our T Public store. Uh, charity design to go to Feed America to keep these food banks, uh, you know, stocked up for anybody in need. Um, and the shoot, the T-shirt design—it's a pro social distancing club shirt. Uh, you know, it's we do parody designs. It's like the anti-social social club thing. Actually, don't say that; they'll sue us. Uh, you know, it's a pro social <laughs> distancing club. It's a parody design. Get yours now. All the profits go directly to Feeding America. Uh, so yeah, check that out. We want to try and raise as much money. We'll have new designs going on and on through the core to raise as much money as possible. Um, oh, yeah. Some stuff that I like. Okay. Oh, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, and my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance is 420. And also, if you want to tune in tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, we will be doing the 420 Day Fiance live stream, smoke-tacular live sesh, watching the 90 Day Fiance quarantine special. Sophia Alexandra and I will be on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash 420dayfiance. That's twitch.tv slash 420dayfiance to check out the live streamage. Some tweets that I like. One is from uh, just Reese Waters, but it's a it's just a video of a baggage claim. Uh, and it says, who flew with crabs? And it's all these motherfucking crabs going wild on a baggage carousel. It's unbelievable visual. And I don't know why uh, we need this. Um, another one is from, it was an interaction basically between Adam Shorn, who's, I guess, the fat resident fashion person at the LA Times. Yeah. Um, and uh, this woman, Andy Zeisler, who responded. So this man, Adam Shorn, wrote an op-ed that just said, enough with the work from home sweatpants, dressed like the adult you're getting paid to be. (laughs) And it says, why it's time to put away the cargo shorts and yoga pants and find your shoes. And his avatar is like really, (laughs) he looks like some kind of character from the music man or something. And Andy's (laughs) response, I'm not taking fashion advice from a guy who looks like he runs the bumper boats at a segregation themed amusement park. (laughs) Absolute destruction. Uh, So rest in peace to Adam Shorn. You know, (laughs) you died how you lived. Yeah, another dork. tweet uh, in response to that is set from Semper Buffo tweeted, sorry, I don't work from home as a cotton candy machine operator. <laughs> <laughs> also a perfect <laughs> description of what he looks he does, like. He, just, um, he does look like Augustus Gloop grew up. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It makes you happy he did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chip Zdarsky tweeted, Chip. the worst part about the night the Waynes were murdered was Bruce having to watch the killer spend 10 minutes collecting all the loose pearls. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. As well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's it going to be today? There's so much good new music out so right now. It's really much. actually fantastic. Uh, one of the 
few ways we can distract ourselves. Um, but this one is from the artist Ila Bamba, who is an artist. I've played some of her stuff before. Uh, she just all of her tracks are super dope. Uh, and this one is called Mariposa de Qualcomán. And it's a, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's her playing guitar uh, with a lot of great effects. Um, and her vocals are always like just so, I don't know, like spooky and soulful and her guitar playing is great. So that's this track. Check it out uh, and get, get your 420. I just taught my sons that uh, mariposa is Spanish uh, word for butterfly. So uh, that's something. Boom. Uh, Look at you. Boom. <laughs> You're better dad the than Goofy. Those muzzy tapes are working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Muzzy tapes are fucked up. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> Should we do that? Next, next club, Muzzy <laughs> tapes. Woo, next club, Muzzy Spanish. <laughs> the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this Monday morning. We will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you guys then, okay? Bye. Bye. Peace.